Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeumi again. We are going through the book of Matthew. And we know that the book of Matthew is the gospel of Matthew that is going to be long. So we are now in chapter 2. We are going to go through chapter 2 slowly, verse by verse, and I will stop and give some comments. Chapter 1 was where he took the genealogy of Jesus Christ from Abraham up through King David and through Solomon until the birth of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, chapter 2. The coming of the wise men is what this was, was a title. Verse two, chapter 2, verse 1. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his stars. We have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. Now, we believe that these wise men from the east, they mostly have come from Babylon. That's the east that we are talking about. East, east, east towards the eastern part, east of Jerusalem. Far away, maybe Iraq now is what it's called in that generation. Iraq, Iran. Babylon was where Daniel, the prophet, was was writing all the visions that he wrote. And we believe that Daniel may have some people like scholars that were reading his books and watching and it became like a, maybe like a scripture scholars. People call them wise men. They could also be the class of them, maybe astrologers, magi, whatever they are, that they were watching the stuff or they were watching the, 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 the stars in the heaven. That would be like astronomers, astrologers. But this star they said they saw definitely was not just a, a big sun in the sky. It was a spiritual, a spiritual thing that God must have used to, to make them know that this that they see. Some people thought it was just a conjunction of some planets that they were watching. I mean, them say that when they see that conjunction, that is a sign of a zodiac. Whatever it is, they were called wise men. And God has so many people that God will reveal some things to also. We in our generation, we still have some people that we believe that know how to read all those zodiac. Zodiac is the movement of the planets and the lineup of the planets. People think astronomers are the, or the astrologers. So astrologers are the devil to spirits. Astronomers are just doing the physical science, doing, looking at the telescope to use the stars to look at the Mars and even like NASA is doing and all the other people that are doing that. But these are called astronomers. And that is what has brought them to be able to fly into the moon right now with uh, this children. But the astrologers are the people that are divinations and so on, trying to use uh, stars to predict the life of human beings. But those are false. Those are false. And the Bible warns us against those. Now, in this chapter, we said these are the wise men. They came from the east. They said they have seen the star that the king was born to the Jews. The king of the Jews, they call him. And they were looking at the looking for the king of the Jews. And the only way we can think they knew about it was perhaps through the book of Daniel. 
But the book of Daniel that we know about, Daniel chapter 1 to chapter 12, maybe Daniel has some other books, we don't know. But the one chapter 1 to 12 that we know about talks about the history of Daniel and what the angel told him in chapter 11, we mentioned when the Messiah will come. And they knew that from the time of that Daniel symbol, 70 weeks and so on and so forth, the Messiah will come at a particular time. They could be calculating that and knew that it will be around that time that the Messiah will be born the king. And then there comes a star that he saw that say, well, that must be a sign for us that that Messiah is born because they were expecting that, that around that time frame is when the Messiah will come. No? It's like we're looking at ourselves right now and say the rapture could take place in this. Uh, people are thinking, why 2K in the year 2000? Many believers, Christians were thinking, why 2K? But see, that was like time frame, but it didn't happen during the year 2000. But now we are now in the 2000 or something. So people are putting time together and putting point, pinpointing some some time frame that it shall be after 2,000 years. Also. So the same way, uh, these wise men were trying to figure out when that Messiah will come, according to what Daniel wrote down in the book of Daniel chapter 9, talked to them about when the Messiah, and then chapter 11, pointed out when the Messiah will come. And the, the kingdom that will be around all that time, in which we can look back at history and understand it, talked about Rome, kingdom of Rome, Roman Empire. And then the... Uh, 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 a Caesar that will be ruling will be will be the one taxing the nations of the world. Tax. That's when they started taxation. And the angel point pointed that point, point put that as example there that it will be the days of taxing. And we see that in the book of Luke. Luke was one that pointed out that they were doing taxation in the days when Jesus Christ was born. And that was what the angel already prophesied to Daniel. That a race of taxes will rise up. And that was the time that Christ was actually born. Okay, let's go. I, I'm not pointing that uh, book of the Daniel here. Yeah, I just define you can go back and look at it yourself, Daniel chapter 11, and look at where he mentioned the race of taxes and try to organize when will that occur. It will be around the time the Messiah was born. In that same Daniel chapter 11. So, why? This wise man came and said they have come to worship this king. Verse 3 of Matthew chapter 2. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Now, Herod was has made himself king in that region. Herod claimed to be an Israelite, but the Jews didn't accept him to be an Israelite or a Jew. Because to them, the Jews, are, like I was saying in chapter 1, the Jews were the tribe of Judah and Benjamin. Tribe of Judah that went to Babylon. What about the other ten tribes? They were not mentioned anymore. They were scattered worldwide by the Assyrian kingdom in the days of the after Jerobam, Pekka, and so on, King, it was scattered, they are no more referred to. So the story followed the Jew, the tribe of Judah, all the way to Babylon. And then they came back from Babylon and started rebuilding the temple. But the, Jew, the, the tribes of Israel, the ten tribes that were scattered, and some remnants left in the land, and the Gentiles that were brought into that land, that land called Samaria and all the other parts of the, the places of the nation of Israel that were now just called Samaritans. Well, they are mixed up between the Israelites and the Gentiles. They're called Samaritans. So the Jews didn't re re refer to them, but that was where King Herod came from, and he, wanted, he has made himself popular in that generation to the point that he, he got the Roman Empire to make him king. So he has, been, he has been influential. So they allowed him to be king of that area, but the Jews didn't like him, so that's why they decide that there will be the partition of the land and say Judea, where the Jews are, will be ruled by a governor from Rome. 
So they have the Roman governor there. The Galilee and all the other places, Herod can be ruling that place. Herod, Herod's brother also was ruling on that section of, of, the, of, the, of the lands. So that was going on in that generation. But Herod wanted to please the Jews because he thought he should be ruling Jerusalem also. So he always tried, he tried to build them a temple. Rebuild their temple. So the temple that they rebuilt after they came back from Babylon, you can see they did a crummy job compared to what most Solomon did. So Herod promised to rebuild that temple for them. So it was the Herod that rebuilt the temple for them. It was called Great Herod the Great. That's what they call them. So he rebuilt the temple with precious stones and so on. That was the temple that the Lord Jesus Christ met. The temple that Herod built. That was the temple that they were showing to the Lord Jesus Christ. So look at these beautiful stones. This temple. The Jesus Christ said, these stones, there will be not one stone left after another. That shall not be thrown down. Prophesying again of something again to happen to the temple. When Jesus Christ was preaching, he told him that. Now let's continue slowly in Matthew chapter 2 that we are reading. Say, but still, say, Herod, when he heard these things that the wise men said that the king has been born, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Now, see, the priests didn't know about this because they were not watching the stars. But first, say, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophet. Verse 6, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. You see, that was a prophecy in the book of Micah. Now, Micah was one of the small prophets that came later after they have come back from, from Babylon. So, Micah was prophesying to them that the Micah chapter 5, let's look at the Micah chapter 5. Is where that was actually reported. And that happened, and they were they remember that because that was a Micah was one of the later prophets after they all came back from uh, Babylon. Micah chapter 5, verse 2 says, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me. That is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from a fold, from everlasting. So now he say he said this ruler is, go, is going forth has been from of old, from everlasting. So he's not talking about a human being that just born. He's talking about the Almighty God Himself will come forth and be born. That's why he's going forth has been from of old, from everlasting. So that was prophesying about the Lord visiting the earth as a as a, as a baby to be born. See? And Verse, that was chapter, Matthew chapter 2, verse 6. Verse 7 said, Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently, what time the star appeared? Wanted to know. To know how old will this little baby we are talking about. Is a newborn baby or is being born by wife? These people are wise men. They are coming from the east. They have been traveling for, for months. They can get there because they are so happy in those days. You have to, you have to go on donkeys or on camel. And that will take months just to even get to, to Jerusalem from where they are coming from. So Herod wanted to find out, since you guys have been traveling for a long time to get here, how old do you think this boy should be? Is it something that's just born right now? Or is it been born, you're just coming to see? To where they, so they were looking, they were telling him, so he knew that he should be like a two-year-old and under, okay. 
verse 8. So, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. You know, it's a child. Don't more a little baby. A young child. And when ye have found him, bring me war again that I may come and worship him also. Now, according to this one, they, he wanted to kill the young child if you can find, get rid of it. Because he, he wanted to be king of, of the Jews, not a, another king to be born. So he, he heard that they are, they are looking for a, a king or there to be a line of David also. He has been having some rumor about that, that the line of David is one who should be king over them. But he was not from the line of David, and he's trying to please them, and they are, they are not well, welcoming him. So now they heard that a, a king is born from the line of David. I will come and worship him too. But it was a trick. But God knew everything. So God watches the first night. When they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. They would call it a young child. So according to this story, it definitely uh, will be not the day it was born, like the, the drama that many people do around Christmas, which I tell you it was not the, the time season of, of the born of, of, the, of, the, of the Messiah anyway. But the Catholicism make that look like a, that was a, how it was, they make, make a drama of three wise men coming from the east, bowing down to a baby when he was born. And like a newborn baby, he said this was a young child. Master say, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Now, when we say star, like I was pointing out in some of my sermon, it will be like uh, the Lord purposely put something in the atmosphere for them that pointed them in the right direction, rather than the big stars in the universe. So that's perhaps what happened too. They were able to say, well, this is the same star that we saw, rather than the conjunction of planets. Because the conjunction of plan can lead, can point to a particular house also. But a star that's suddenly come underneath the clouds will be almost pointing to a, a particular house. And if you go down, if you don't want to point, you just put lights going down this way. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Because the Bible said, though the star which they saw in this went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. So how can they start? And way in the in the even the moon, if the moon is standing, you say you say you think it's on this house, but it's on this area. You cannot tell which house is the moon is standing on. No, it's not, it's not standing on the house. But this particular one is a supernatural star, that's what I'm trying to say. Like an angel standing like and stand on top of where the house is, and they say, Wow, they rejoice that some God was leading them here. No, so verse 11. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother and fell down and worshipped him. You know, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and more. Now, the gifts they brought, God purposely made this happen because this Joseph and his wife Mary will need money. Many times God will show signs and wonders like that, and people don't realize that it's God orchestrating the physical help. Because those wise men bringing gold and frankincense and more, they can sell the frankincense. But the gold is money that they need, and God knew that they are going to need to, to go to Egypt. So God has orchestrated these things for, for, for them. But you see, it looks like it was in a corner also. But you see, it's already known to the a king. He doesn't know what's going on. So the king already knows about it. So the king is going to be looking for how to destroy this plan of God also. 
but God was ahead of him. The God already brought this wise man to bring gold. So they brought the gold and give the gold as a, as a, as a gift. And this will help Joseph and Mary to be able to do, to be able to take care of the baby in a while and also to escape because God was going to tell them to fly to Egypt. Next verse. Verse 12 says, And being warned of God, this is the angel, the, God warned this wise man in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. God more or less using the finger of men. Many times God will save people using woman's help. And it's still God doing it. The problem is that many of us human beings, we try to, we want supernatural way, supernatural help. God doesn't want to be using supernatural. Many times he uses natural help to help we human beings. So that it will be God, but we have to recognize him by acknowledging him in all our ways. When there is no other way that you have to step in and use supernatural deliverance, like he did in this of Hezekiah, when the king of Assyria with millions of soldiers went to destroy this little tribe called Judah, and they were yelling at the God of Hezekiah that we are, your God can't deliver you, your God can't save you, they're going to destroy you and your God. And Hezekiah said, God, we have no help other than you. And went before God and said, look at what the king of Assyria has sent to us. They're going to destroy us, Lord. One angel, God just sent one angel to go into the camp of the soldiers of the king of Assyria. And the angel slew 186,000 soldiers. They just didn't wake up in the morning. Just think of it, even if you have one million soldiers, and everybody wake up and they blow the trumpet and they wake up people and this one is dead. Ah, that one is dead. Ah. And they can one eighty six thousand, the whole army will flee. What's going on? The pestilence, the pandemic, that this one eight thousand what are they going to do with one eighty six thousand soldiers? One eighty six thousand soldiers. What are they going to do? To bury them, carry them back to Assyria. What happened overnight? They all fled. Maybe the Carry their soldiers and fled. You must say, you can say, well, we still have at least half a million, half a million. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow night if you don't run. No, sir. What is this happening in a single night? So the Assyrian king fled and they all ran away. This city, they have been trying to overtake it and look like their God is doing something here. So that's, you can't even say that's a superstition. Superstition. There's evidence. 180,000 soldiers dead, they didn't wake up. So what's superstition? Better run. Well, that was what happened in the days of Ezekiah the king. But that was God's intervention. But God does not want to be doing that. Why? God doesn't want to kill 180,000 people. Because he could kill the whole world if he wants to. But he doesn't want to do it that way. He could have destroyed uh, the whole world and start all over again. He said, I'll, I'll start another, I'll create another human being. But no, he didn't want to do that. When Adam and Eve fell, he could have just wiped them out and start again. He didn't want to do that. He planned to, to redeem mankind through the logistics. That was the plan. It's already his purpose from the beginning of the, of the creation. So that is what we are trying to say. But God, so many times, we use the arm of men to help, to bring in the deliverance. So that's why you see God using these wise men to bring the gold. Indirectly, it was God doing it. And then using a dream to tell them, I don't go back to Herod. Was God afraid of Herod? No. <laughs> God just wanted to do it this way, man's way. And it was going to tell uh, Joseph to take the child and the mother and run to Egypt. Not that God was afraid. God could, uh, just like uh, an angel could make Aaron not to wake up the second day, also. And Aaron, uh, no, they will forget about wanting to kill this 
desire also. But God didn't want to do it that way. So we have to thank God that He is merciful to mankind. Even when He was delivering the Israelites from Egypt, God could have just destroyed Egypt so that it would just walk away and leave the whole land with dead people. No. God said, I'm just going to show my signs and wonders. Maybe frogs, maybe lies, maybe locusts, maybe this and that, then the animals, and then when they are. Well, let's kill the firstborn. Now they are getting the message. <laughs> then Pharaoh was getting the message. The firstborn dead. Every, every firstborn. Both animal and, 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 and beast and human beings. Now they scream and say, well, let's get these people out of here. So sometimes God waited for the mercy of God just to fear him. Fear God. Because one angel just killed one in 6,000 soldiers. Fear God, man. Fear God, soldier. Fear God, all you rulers of the world. Like all these people that were trying to take over the world, they're going to destroy the world, nuclear bomb, they're going to do this. When they could just not wake up the following, following day, God wants to make them not to wake up. God, God said, God shall destroy them that destroy the earth. But God is merciful. That's what we are saying. So we are warning men to repent. We are warning rulers to repent, to fear God. He that ruled over men must be just. You know, ruling in the fear of God is what the King David said. So we must fear God. Because we are dealing with something bigger than us. Now let's go to verse 13 of Matthew chapter 2. Talking about the, the wise men now, they went back to their country, not going to tell Herod the child they have found. Verse 13. It's turning the, the flight to you. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring the word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. That's what I was saying. Was God afraid of Herod? No, God was just being merciful to Herod. Just being merciful. So God will use, rather use the harm of men to, to help, to deliver. Instead of using supernatural to wipe out nations or wipe out rulers or wipe out people. He used the arm of men to flee to Egypt. We have money now to go. And God actually has prophesied that by some prophets earlier on that I will bring my son from Egypt. And they thought he was talking about I will bring Israel from Egypt like he brought Israelites out of Egypt. But it was the same way. I'm bringing my son just like he brought Israelites from Egypt. I'm going to bring my son as Jesus from Egypt. So the prophecy is just to fulfill. God sometimes do things to fulfill the prophecy he has spoken. And that's what the Bible said here in verse 14. Of when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And was there until the death of Aaron, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. Saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. You see that in Hosea, book of prophets, prophet Hosea, chapter 11, verse 1. So you see, when God was prophesying through these small minor minor prophets, they call them minor prophets because they only wrote three chapters, a book of three chapters, a book of uh, two chapters. That's why I call them minor prophets. When God is still speaking. Whether they are major or minor, it is when God speaks, God speaks. Hosea was writing and saying, You are out of Egypt if I call my son. When people will read that in the days of Hosea, they will think, Oh yeah, we are from Egypt. No, Israelites are from Egypt. So you say, If I call my son. He was talking about Israel, he was called out of Egypt. No, sir. But it was referred here that it was actually prophesying that Messiah will be called out of Egypt because that's my son. So that was the prophecy being fulfilled that when Aaron was dead, 
this baby Jesus will be brought back to from Egypt, back to Israel. Verse 16. Now, then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wrath, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. That was why he was finding out, when did this star arrive? When did you see it? And uh, how old is this child that you are looking for? How old do you think it will be? And he said, well, from the time we saw the star, from the time we, all the time we have to travel, we are thinking of his child that should be at least under two years old. So he said, okay. So now when they didn't come back and he was angry, that they didn't come back to tell him where the child they found was, and he, so he could go and kill the child. He said, well, let's just kill every two year old and older in, in Bethlehem and that coast, Bethlehem and all the villages around Bethlehem. Verse 70 said, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, in Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for us children and will not be comforted because they are not. So Jeremiah prophesied that in chapter 31, verse 15. Did you know what, what, what was he talking about? There will be some lamentation. Some murder taking place. It was prophesied of what to happen when Messiah was born. Rachel was symbolizing the, any, any, any Jewish woman. Any Jewish woman. Because Rachel is a common name for the wife of uh, Jacob. Rachel was the one that Jacob loved. And that's why he just used the word Rachel. One of the women could be called Rachel in that generation, but it's uh, like in general terminology, I say everybody called them, say Mary, Mary, Mary. There are many Marys in the days of uh, Jesus. Mary, Mona, Mary, Mangali, Mary, Mona, Mary, Mary, Mary. It's just a common name. The same way Rachel could have been a common name. So he just used the word Rachel. That's what, that's what uh, Jeremiah prophesied in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 15. It says, we a lamentation. That was, according to this verse, he said that was fulfilled when Herod went and slaughtered all the three-year-old and under of Bethlehem and the of Zedetis. Verse 19. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel. For they are dead which saw the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. Now, we do not know how long that was. From the time he, uh, we did not know how long he was in Israel or in Egypt, but we knew that he was there until Herod died. So Herod could be living for another five years, three years, four years, we don't know, or just a few months, we don't know. They may say God used that arm of men to just save, to just uh, deliver the situation. Not that he's trying to deliver the baby from being killed because he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to run into Egypt. He could have go to another part of history also. But God wants to fulfill the fact that out of Egypt have I call myself. Also. You could have picked them to go to Galilee and they would not know that they're in Galilee. Also. Because Aaron was thinking they would still be in Bethlehem. But God used the hand of men. And the other thing is the when Aaron could have been killed just overnight. So that he won't, the idea of killing the baby would have been forgotten. And God didn't do that. So God is just merciful to mankind. So verse 21 of Matthew chapter 2 says, And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. 
And when he heard that Achilles did reign in Judea in the room of his father Aaron, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside to the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. Another prophet said that he shall be called a Nazarene. So that the, the prophecy was being fulfilled in every corner, every corner. So that was why he ended up in Nazareth, where he was a Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah? That was where he finally grew up. They say from the time they came back from Egypt and came to Nazareth, maybe he was now five years old, you don't know, maybe he was now six years old, you don't know, but you know that he was just a, he's still a child. And then that was where he was, he grew up. Now when you look at the verse, verse 22, where he said, when they were coming back, they saw that Achilles was the son of Herod. Uh, that became Herod and not king, but they were, they were ruling in Judea. So Herod was still ruling in Judea, but he was trying to please the Jews because the Jews were daily, daily rejecting the Herod line. But he was still ruling in Judea. Later, it was maybe later that they finally decided, okay, they, they put a governor in Judea, Herod should just take Galilee. But they have been all those in and out confrontation between the Jews, the rulers of the Jews, the priests and the high priests that were turning to Rome. And they didn't want Herod to be their ruler. That's why. But, but around this time, when he was born, he was still said to be ruling in Judea. Okay, that was the end of chapter 2 of the book of Matthew. And we are going to go into chapter 3 and continue this uh, intriguing story of the bat and the of our Lord Jesus Christ, and how I was going. God bless you. The moment. That's chapter 3 of Matthew. Now he's going to tell us the story of John the Baptist. Actually, he's not going to tell us the birth of John the Baptist. You see that in the book of Luke. He's just going to tell us how John the Baptist started preaching about it. Chapter 3 of Matthew, verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one, excuse me, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camels here, and a leather garu about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea, and all the region round about Jordan. And they say, uh, uh, John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness of Judea. So he was in the line of, in the part of Judah, and then he go to Galilee and so all those places. And people in Judea and Jerusalem, they were the ones that were where the priests and chief priests really are. So he was more or less preaching to the Jews and the Jerusalem people. So now people are now going to John the Baptist to go and be baptized as he was preaching repentance. And he said, they went and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins, as verse 6. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? 
Bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. So John the Baptist was preaching repentance for all the Jews to repent because the Messiah is coming. He said, Kingdom is coming, Kingdom of Messiah is coming. Verse 9 said, Think not to say within yourself, We have Abraham to our father. He said, Don't lean on the father, we are descendants of Abraham. But I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. So he was putting this kind of a threat to them to make them see that they don't rely on your descendants. That, oh, we are the seed of Abraham. You want God has chosen. God is able to cut down any tree and bring children for Abraham from stones. Now, verse 11 says, I indeed baptize you with water. That was what he was telling them each time he baptized him. So I baptize you with water unto repentance, that he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garden. But he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Now, that was how John the Baptist was preaching, telling them that somebody is coming after him that they should look forward to, and this somebody that is coming after him is greater than him, is going to baptize people with. Holy Ghost and fire. So he was probably preparing their hearts for the thing that we have been waiting for. It's about to appear. The Messiah is about to appear. The Messiah is about to appear. And when the Messiah appears, he's going to be baptizing you guys with Holy Spirit and with fire. What does that mean? That's what he said. And we know what that means. And after it has been done, Holy Ghost came with fire, electric shock comes through the spirit, and the people saw a fire like a like, like lamps. That descended upon them on the day of Pentecost. And, and John the Baptist was already telling them about that, that the Messiah is going to be baptized people with the Holy Spirit, which he's still doing up to now. And that's why he said, well, he's now in heaven baptizing us with, with the Holy Spirit when we gather and we pray for the Holy Spirit to baptize people, his believers, with the Holy Spirit. You have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that he's resurrected from the dead and he's alive forevermore and he'll come and live inside you and baptize you with the Holy Spirit also. Verse 13 of Matthew. Chapter 3. We then come Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. And John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comes thou to me. Now, according to how Matthew reported this, John said, You should baptize me with the Holy Spirit. But he was also saying that he didn't know Jesus. When you go to the Gospel of John, he didn't know Jesus. That you, the one that sent him to go and baptize told him that when you see the one that the Holy Ghost came down upon him, let's say, that is the Messiah. So when I saw that first and then said that, hey, this is him, he should be the one to baptize me, not me baptizing you. The baptized Jesus Christ answered and said unto him, So far it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him, so he baptized the Lord Jesus Christ in water. Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Now, who saw this? Is it John the Baptist or Jesus? When you look at the way Matthew recorded it, look at it, he was saying Jesus Christ was the one that saw the Spirit of God descending. Because if I said this, I know a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. When he said, this is my beloved, so he's actually saying it's John the Baptist that saw the heavens open. Because he said, when Jesus, after, when he, and Jesus, when he was baptized, 
went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were open unto him. Him means who? So we, are, we look at the next verse to see what is the context. Unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Upon who? Upon Jesus. But the first hymn is talking about who saw the heaven open. My verse 7 says, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. So then you can say, That is talking to somebody else, pointing to Jesus. This is my beloved son. So then you can say, The heaven was open, was only open to John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist saw the heaven open and was pointing that this, and he heard a voice saying to John the Baptist that, this we have just baptized is my beloved son, my wife. And that was how John the Baptist recognized this is the Messiah. Okay? But when you go to the recording of the record of this same episode in the Gospel of John or Luke, you see, or Mark, Mark said, the heaven, or somebody said, the heaven was open unto Jesus. And Jesus was there, and he said, Thou art my beloved son, as if Jesus didn't know he was beloved son. So you see, sometimes people. Since they were not there, they were hearing second hand. So they were saying, the heaven opened to Jesus and the voice told Jesus that you are my beloved son. But Jesus Christ already know who, who he is. It is the people that didn't know who he is that need to hear this voice. So that's why it was, it was recorded by Matthew that it was John the Baptist that saw heaven open. It was John the Baptist that heard the voice that said, this is my beloved son. You know my way, please. So that, that makes more sense, not so. So let's see how it was reported in, in Mark, Mark chapter 1, verse 9 to 11 is what I will read to you. So compare that with what Matthew wrote. That Matthew said it was, it was, this is my beloved son. But Mark, in the Gospel of Mark said, verse 9 said, and it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw, he saw the heavens open, and the spirit like a dove descend upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. So that's why I say, Well, that's that record of saying, Thou art my beloved son. Look as if he's saying to Jesus that you are my beloved son. Well, Jesus can already know who he is. So it was John the Baptist that really need to know that this is the Messiah. That's why the way Matthew recorded it will be more. More, more like in line with what really happened. He said, the heaven opened, and it was John the Baptist that saw the heaven open, and said, this is my beloved son. He heard the voice say, this is my beloved son, no man, where please. So, John the Baptist was the one that, that said, that had that, had that voice. I think Gospel of John also reported who heard the voice, and what was said that from the sky, is this my beloved son, is this a is it John that saw it? Is it uh, Jesus that saw it? You see that in Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 19, is where the priest came to ask, to ask John the Baptist, Who are you now? From verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taken away the sin of the world. This is he whom I said, after me cometh a man which is prepared before me, who was before me. So John, bear witness that this is the one I'm talking about that's coming before me. Verse 31 said, I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel, therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bear record saying, I saw, you see now, that's 
our Gospel of John reported that God, John the Baptist bear record saying, I, that's John the Baptist, saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him. And he said, And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So that was how the Gospel of John reported that it was John the Baptist that saw the heaven open, that saw the dove descending. And that was what we have just said that it is. This is my beloved son, is, is heard by John. But maybe to say, This is the Messiah. Yeah, that's the end of chapter 3, which I continue this in chapter 4. God bless you.